welcome to Timeless Treasures from God's Word, a preaching ministry of the late Reverend Howard E. Tucker, former pastor of the Calvary Presbyterian Church in Wilkinsburg, Pennsylvania, whose radio ministry was heard for many years on KDKA every Sunday night. Voiced by his son, Timothy, we hope these messages will inspire and challenge you and bring many to a saving knowledge of Christ as Savior. Now, here's Tim. Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight for another uh, message from God's Word. Whether you're listening uh, here in the Pittsburgh area or whether you're listening by podcasts in other states of the United States or even those who are listening overseas, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, This is a message that my father gave on the radio some years ago. It's the seventh in a series of seven messages we've given on the seven dispensations in the scriptures. This is the final one, the seventh one, the dispensation of millennial kingdom uh, from Old and New Testament passages. My father was a graduate of Wheaton College and Dallas Theological Seminary, and you can listen to other broadcasts that we've done by simply taking your smartphone or computer and in the search bar, just type in Timeless Treasures from God's Word. Well, Dr. Schofield in his reference Bible says, A dispensation is a period of time during which man is tested in respect of obedience to some specific revelation of the will of God. In other words, it's how God ran things in various ages. Sometimes people are afraid of being called dispensationalists, but actually Christians are dispensationalists, whether they want to be or not. If Christians do not bring animals to their churches to be offered in blood sacrifices, they are dispensationalists. If Christians worship on Sunday, the Lord's Day, instead of on Saturday, they are dispensationalists. If you believe there's a difference between law and grace, you are a dispensationalist. Sometimes people claim to be premillennialists, but not dispensationalists. Well, such is impossible because of the very term premillennialist shows that there is going to be another age or dispensation after this one. Sometimes people were surprised that our good Presbyterian Charles Hodge, in his three-volume work on systematic theology, distinguishes at least four dispensations. All Christians need to be reminded that Paul insists in 2 Timothy 2.15 that we must be rightly dividing the word of truth. All scripture is for us and helpful, but portions may not be about us as such primarily. A study of the dispensations for the first time often makes the Bible clear to Christians with open minds for the Holy Spirit's teaching. Now, very simply, the seven dispensations are innocence, conscience, human government, promise, law, grace, and millennial kingdom. The last six weeks, we have been considering the first six. And tonight we'll deal with the future, seventh one, Dispensation of Millennial Kingdom. We have seen, in spite of man being created in innocence with no bad heredity, in a perfect environment, is sinful failure, that conscience is not enough to prevent sinful failure, and that human government is not enough to prevent sinful failure. We have seen, in spite of God's glorious promise to his Old Testament chosen people, the Jews, their sinful failure which finally found them for 430 years down in Egypt, away from their promised land. We have seen, in spite of God's deliverance of them, their sinful failure. In spite of his leading them back into the promised land under the law, their sinful failure, which resulted in their being brought under the heel of Gentile powers, and in spite of his sending his son as their promised redeemer, 
their sinful failure in the rejection of him, and their demand that he be crucified by the Roman authorities, who ultimately destroyed Jerusalem and scattered them throughout all the world. Finally, last week, even under grace, we saw man's sinful failure in rejecting the love of God by refusing to receive his Son as their Savior. Now, what about the future? Well, according to God's Word, the next event of God's prophetic program is the rapture or the catching up into heaven of the true church, comprised of all real believers in Christ, when he returns in the air for his own, according to 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-18. Then Israel's clock, which stopped ticking on the cross of Christ, will start ticking again. Daniel's predicted 70th week of years will be fulfilled in the seven dreadful years of tribulation, which will devastate a large portion of the world and exterminate a large percentage of its population. This will include God's judgment upon the world and the apostate church, in addition to Satan's worst persecution of the Jews in all history. When the Jews rejected Christ as their king, they caused a postponement to the fulfillment of all their Old Testament prophecies concerning their coming glorious kingdom of righteousness and peace. You may remember, however, that the angel Gabriel in Luke 1 confirmed to Mary the Davidic covenant in 2 Samuel chapter 7 and other passages with all of its kingdom aspects. And the verse 32 says Christ will one day sit on the throne of his father David. In Acts 1, before Christ returned to heaven after his resurrection and subsequent ministering to his followers, they asked him about the establishment of their promised kingdom. He told them that the timing of such was in the hands of God the Father after this present church age or dispensation of grace. The book of Revelation speaks in chapters 7 and 14 of a remnant of 144,000 among the Jews being sealed during the tribulation period. And in chapter 20, the length of the kingdom Christ establishes on earth is repeatedly said to be a thousand years. And from that, we get the term millennial kingdom. You sometimes hear people talk about them bringing in the kingdom, but it is impossible to substantiate this from the Bible. The Bible teaches just the opposite by showing that sin will get greater and greater in spite of sincere efforts by believers, and that our only hope is for the return of Christ, who himself will establish the kingdom with all of his aspects of peace and true justice or righteousness, together with first putting down the opposition of all of his enemies. It's true, of course, that we must distinguish the kingdom we are speaking about tonight from the larger aspects of the kingdom of God. If we have trusted in Christ as our Savior, we are in the kingdom of God right now. John 3.3 says, Except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And verse 6 says the same thing about entering into the kingdom of God. It is fruitless to discuss what might have happened if the Jews had accepted Christ as their king instead of rejecting him. The point, of course, is that they did reject Christ, which postponed their kingdom, promised, but did not eliminate them. We who accept the word of God simply believe that God means what he says, and when he says he's going to do something, we believe it, regardless of any difficulties of full comprehension involved. The portion of prophecy already fulfilled has been fulfilled minutely and precisely, and we have faith that God will likewise fulfill the portion of prophecy that has not yet been fulfilled. Revelation 19 tells of the glorious second coming to the earth of Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords at the close of the seven years of tribulation. The beast, who has been Satan's man to run things politically, 
and the false prophet, who has been Satan's man to run things ecclesiastically, will both be cast into the lake of fire, according to verse 20. Chapter 20 shows that during the tribulation kingdom, Satan himself will be bound in the bottomless pit, but at the close of it will be loosed for a brief season before being cast into the lake of fire. The sinfulness of the human heart is shown by the fact that even after a thousand years of perfection with the curse removed from creation, Satan is still able to deceive people. However, they and he and all the wicked unsaved dead who will be resurrected will be banished eternally from the presence of God into the lake of fire, not to be annihilated, but to go on forever in torment because of the rejection of Christ as Savior. Eternity future as we know it will then begin for the saved in the presence of God to constantly fellowship with him and to praise him forever. Usually Bible scholars consider the dispensation of the millennial kingdom to be the same as is referred to in Ephesians 1 verse 10 as the dispensation of the fullness of times. And a footnote by Dr. Schofield is helpful here in showing how various times comes to an end. The time of oppression and misrule ends by Christ's reigning. The time of testimony and divine forbearance ends in judgment. The time of toil ends in reward and rest. The time of suffering ends in glory. The time of the Jews' blindness and punishment ends in restoration and conversion. The time of the Gentiles ends. The time of creation's curse is no more. In the light of all this, if some insist there will be no millennial kingdom and that we are wrong, then we lovingly tell them that we are willing to be thought wrong simply because we believe God will be true to his word. Unsay friends, as you listen tonight, I'm so glad to tell you that the time of testimony and divine forbearance is not over yet. It may be at any time, but it isn't at this moment. And I can still offer to you in this age or dispensation of God's grace or unmerited favor, a full and free eternal salvation from sin and from hell, if you will simply receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior right now. The risen Christ stands with outstretched arms and lovingly pleads with you to come unto him and to place your faith or trust in him. Thousands listening tonight can join me from their own experience in saying with the hymn writer, He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. If you are a believer in Christ, then praise God that you are living in the dispensation of grace. Love your Lord's appearance so that each day will be lived for him, and let the Holy Spirit use you to reach others with the gospel, that they too may know your Savior before it's too late. If you never have received Christ as your personal Savior, why not come to Jesus right now? In your hearts, bow your heads humbly and ask the Lord and say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I deserve your judgment but I want to repent of my sins. I want to turn away from my sins and follow Christ from this point on. I believe he gave his life for me and died a horrible death on the cross and took all my sins on the cross with him so I wouldn't have to bear the judgment of them. I believe he shed his precious blood for me so that my sins will be forgiven. I will have a home in heaven and have the joy of knowing him as my personal Savior now. I believe he rose again from the dead in victory to prove that if I place my faith and trust in him, I will have eternal life. I will have a home in heaven. 
Right now, before another moment goes by, place your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in tonight. We hope and pray this message was a blessing to you. You may receive a free written copy by emailing us at tptuck51 at gmail.com or by calling 412-337-3858. Our mailing address is Timeless Treasures from God's Word, 147 Crescent Garden Drive, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 15235. Please join us next week at this time over this fine radio station, Word FM. Till then, walk with the Lord in the light of His Word.